That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By, powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to a game two loss in Denver. Whoa, the Miami Heat, who a lot of people had uh, counted out of this series after one game. Uh, the Miami Heat, who are a massive underdog uh, heading into this series, went into Denver and stole game two. And they took it, and they took it by force. 111 to 108. Whoa. Okay, a lot to, uh, to, to get to here uh, as I try to... Um, I'm going to be critical of the Nuggets focus uh, level here at certain points of this podcast. Uh, and I got to keep uh, my own focus here. Uh, at the time of recording, it is Monday morning, uh, just before 11 o'clock. I had just gotten done with doing four hours of um, sports talk with uh, Mike Evans on our morning show. That They extended an hour uh, because it's the NBA Finals and um, uh, Stokely wasn't going to be uh, at work today and and allowed uh, me and Mike uh, on the same day that Schlereth wasn't going to be here to to really exhaust the, the 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 Nuggets Heat conversation. But holy moly, I was there on Sunday night. It was another very late night, very very early wake up uh, call. Uh, so I got about four or five hours of sleep somewhere in between there, and I've already done four hours of radio. So I'm going to try to um, keep my head on my shoulders uh, and 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 stay stay focused here. Um, and get all the thoughts that I want to get out actually out um, and not overlook stuff. Okay, um, 111-108. Denver, once again, um, struggling to score uh, at points. Uh, 108 points for Denver. That is a low total. Uh, their team total from the odds makers was set at 112. That was a number that the Nuggets had cleared in seven of the eight games heading into the NBA Finals. Um this was a team that had uh, the highest offensive rating in postseason history. I mean, this was a team that did not struggle to score. And we're seeing now in consecutive games that Denver Nuggets score 104 points in game one and 108 points in game two. Uh, and we'll talk about some of the reasons um, why. Okay. First, let me start here. Um, I often say your effort. And sense of urgency is the base of the pyramid on which everything else is predicated on. And my biggest criticism from the Nuggets um, was their lack of desperation. And I wonder um, if they were feeling themselves a little bit. This is a Nuggets team that had not lost a game in 27 days, guys, that is almost a, a month straight of real time uh, without experiencing a loss. This was a team that was on a seven-game postseason winning streak, right? They swept the Lakers. 
They ended up winning uh, Game 5 and Game 6 against uh, the Phoenix Suns. Seven-game winning streak within the NBA playoffs. It's hard to do. Denver only did had a seven-game win streak once during the regular season. So to do it here in the postseason... I think you that's it's it's rare it's uncommon okay um I I also think that there's a little bit of um an assumption that you're going to win right I mean you don't have to be hanging out on Twitter uh and listening to uh, uh sports talk radio or these NBA podcasts to to know that you're the favorite like the, the the even like the phraseology and the questions from local and national media alike a lot of times the the, the premise to the question or the, the 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 background of the question is based on being an overwhelming favorite right so um i think there can be a little bit of human nature that seeps in that you're not necessarily as worried about getting it done Maybe your focus shifts to how you're going to get it done. And that's a big difference when you start thinking about the process and your involvement in the process. And I just think that you can take your eyes off the prize a little bit. I do. And, you know, um, like an example I'll use is like you think of the Phoenix series in game six. I think it was game six in Phoenix or maybe it was game five. Whatever. The the point is going to remain the same. Like that series was hanging in the balance, okay? Um, that series was hanging in the balance. Your your two two. Oh, this this was game five. Excuse me, this was game five in the Phoenix series because because it was at home. The series is tied two two. Your season is on the line. Your championship hopes are on the line, and there's a loose ball in the closing seconds of that game, and Michael Porter Jr. gets on the floor with reckless abandon. There was no time to think in that moment. There was just, it was a moment of desperation where it was the highest leverage moment of the game uh, in a series that that was was undecided. And the winner of that game was going to go on and win the series 80% of the time. And instinctually, Michael Porter Jr. threw himself on the floor and it resulted in an Aaron Gordon alley-oop from uh, 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 Jamal Murray, I believe it was. And you're just reacting in the moment. I don't know if that same play by Michael Porter Jr. in Game 5 of the uh, semifinals against Phoenix would have been made by any Denver Nugget last night. Seriously. Because maybe there would have been a split second of thinking. And in, in the sense of urgency and desperation that is required to win a championship... I just don't believe, and some for, from from a set of eyes that was there watching it live, I don't believe the Nuggets brought the requisite energy it took to beat a team that was going to be as competitive and gritty and relentless as Miami. Like, if you were to ask me ahead of the ahead of the series, what's the what's the best trait about Miami? I wouldn't be pointing to like a pure basketball answer. My response would be um, focused on their competitive DNA. That's that's why they have been called uh, the zombie heat. They just won't go away. And they're down eight going into the fourth quarter. And they go on to win the game. This is what they do. They were down 15 in the first half. They were down eight going in the final 12 minutes. 
This is what they do. I I believe the stat that Mike Evans quoted uh, on the air this morning, that situations where they're going into the fourth quarter with a, 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 a trailing by eight or more, it, it happened like nine times to them in these playoffs, and they're four and five in those games. The rest of the NBA in the postseason was one and 41 with those same t- type of uh, scenarios. That is uncommon, but they're, 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 they have championship-level competitiveness. This is why they're here, and I just think the Nuggets took their eyes off the prize. I do. For them to lose their focus to such a degree in the fourth quarter where— you allow Miami, the Miami Heat, the lowest scoring team in the NBA, to score 36 points in the fourth quarter. That is, uh, is still, even after watching it live, after going home and processing it, after waking up and talking about it for four hours, even as I say that out loud into a microphone, it's still hard to reconcile that Denver went into the fourth quarter with a eight-point lead. These quarters are 12 minutes. Guys, by midway through the fourth quarter, they were down double figures. Think about that swing. You cannot tell me that was just scheme or, or shot-making. Now, Miami made a bunch of shots, okay? And, and, and we can talk about whether that's sustainable or not here in a second. But what I know is Denver was in the driver's seat at home, a place they had not lost in nine straight postseason games, the best home team in the NBA. And you're telling me you went into the final stanza of that game up eight? You, you guys know what the live odds were in that moment? If you wanted to bet the Denver Nuggets to just win the basketball game as they were up eight points headed into the fourth quarter, you would have had to bet nine hundred dollars to net one hundred dollars of winnings that's how much of an overwhelming favorite they were in that moment you're talking about a win probability that's well into the 90 percent variety and they blew it they blew it to such a degree where they had to they went from being and then this all happened within 12 minutes you go from being up eight to trying to come back from double figures it's just like Man, they the 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 looks that Miami got, some of the um, again lack of focus. Like I'm watching Jokic try to pass, simply pass the basketball to Michael Porter Jr. ends up in the third row. Like what 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 what, what are we doing here? Um, that was again just head scratching, but also defensively, the um, just the breakdowns. You know, and J.J. Redick has highlighted it, like not switching when you're supposed to switch, like as a principle, not like you're in a compromised situation. You're like, oh, my God, we have to switch, switch, switch. No, like like not switching when it's your defensive principles, like your core identity. You switch in moments like that, not switching, Uh, being out of position um, defensively and having uber late closeouts on threes that are resulting in. In, in in free throws, I mean, KCP two different times, both of them were fouls, okay? If that happened to a Denver Nugget, people would be screaming about it. I got to take a drink here. Boy, oh boy. I feel my voice, ma'am. I feel my voice. Okay. Um, the, the Those f- those free throws that KCP 
allowed directly impacted the game. You're talking about a low-scoring 111-108 game. Those free throws are massive. Those late closeouts from Jamal Murray, who's in out of position, you know, stunting towards the basketball and late on a on a closeout three. I mean, uh, breakdowns from uh, KCP, Jamal, Christian Brown, Michael Porter Jr. I mean, goodness gracious, Michael Porter Jr. looked lost. And that was a guy who in game number one, we gave him so much credit because he did not shoot it well. He, he, he did not shoot it well in game number one. He was 2 of 11 from 3. But he did so much extra stuff. The rebounding, the act, just the general activity defensively, uh, blocking shots from behind multiple times. Um, again, just making an impact without scoring the basketball. It was like, you know, if, if Michael Porter Jr. wasn't going to score the basketball, then he was going to go in the tank. And I just it it that 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 does not make sense to me. I, I don't know I don't know what to do with that. And you know, Michael Porter Jr., uh, who now has one assist in in two games. Um I know he's not John Stockton out there, but for him to accumulate sixty nine minutes of 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 action, sixty nine. Um, and have one assist uh, across two games. He, his rebounds were cut in half game over game. And that's in addition to struggling mightily. He's now 3 for 17 from three-point range. He's 7 for 24 from the field. He didn't, I, I, and I haven't rewatched the game, but I don't remember him trying to go to the basket at all. I, and he had one, he had one, he had a two-point finish for sure that I remember that drew a comment from from someone I was watching the game with. Um, so he has got to be better. And he was ultimately sat down, you know, uh, late in that game in favor of Bruce Brown. And, you know, it, when, when, when he got dunked on by Bam Adebayo, first of all, foul his ass. Don't send him to the free throw line for an and one as he's, as he's side bodying you. But the way that he just dropped his head and walked to the bench, like, Goodness gracious, that was really discouraging. Um, it, it really was. He, he has got to be better. He's a max player. He's got to be better. Jamal Murray has got to be better. Uh, defensively, he left a lot to be desired. And offensively, scoring in the teens isn't going to cut it. Not in the NBA Finals. Not when you're asked to be a Robin to a Batman. It's just, it's not going to work. It's not good enough. So... It's um, I I didn't think outside of Jokic, um, maybe Aaron Gordon, you know, uh, played well. Uh, uh, he he had a, a uh, an impact for sure, but just not enough of one. Like he shot five of seven from the floor, but just just those seven shots. So, so he finishes with twelve points and seven rebounds. Would like to see him featured a little bit more, put in 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 more advantageous positions to score, especially if um. You know, if they're going to try to make Jokic a score, which is, I think, what we're going to see here in this series, he scores 41 points, and the Nuggets are now 0-3 in this postseason when Jokic scores 40 or more. They're 0-4 in general in the postseason when Jokic scores now 40 or more. Um, 
And then, you know, the way that the press conference played out with Ramona Shelburne of ESPN squeezing a question at the very end, like, hey, are you going to try to make Jokic a scorer? And the way that Spolstra responded to that question was, like, really unusual. He was almost, like, almost like rude to, to Ramona Shelburne. Um Talking about untrained eye and to just make this to, to to just think you can make him a score and he got was really frustrated he was banging his hand against the table and then ended up getting up and walking off after that um, that could be the recipe it really could there's now real tangible evidence to draw from it's no longer you know happenstance zero and three in the playoffs when you're averaging forty or more and how about this for a stat the Denver Nuggets are now zero and nine in their last nine games when Jokic finishes with four assists or less. That's not how he wants to play. You go back to the old quote from 2016, 17, whenever it was, hey, Joker, what do you like to do better, score or pass? He said, when I score, I'm happy. When I pass to you and you score, you're happy and I'm happy. He does not want to finish with 41 points and four assists. Now, that doesn't mean that he he, he doesn't need to be a scorer. He needs to be a scorer for Denver. Um, this is probably not the last time he scores um, into the high 30s or even hits 40. Um, but they need more contributions from Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray specifically. And they start Kevin Love. What an adjustment from Eric Spolstra. Give him credit. Because I don't know how many guys go from DNP coach's decision to starting in the NBA Finals, game over game. I mean, can you think of another example? I cannot. DMP coach's decision to starting. And then playing, well, let me see how many minutes he played. I mean, 22 minutes. He was their leading rebounder with 10 rebounds. Made multiple threes. Made an impact. But it allowed Jimmy Butler to guard Jamal. And they were launching guys at Jamal. Guess what? Good, especially in today's NBA, good offense is going to beat good defense. Okay, so Jamal simply needs to be better. But also, you know, much like a a press in the game of basketball, where if you want to press, you can you could do so at, at your own wish and maybe your own peril. Because if you have smart players uh, who are physically capable of making you pay for that press and going downhill. Uh, the other way and on like mini power plays and using those multiple defenders on the ball against the defense, the same principle applies in the half court. So if you're not going to break that pressure on your own, you have got to, and you and your teammates have got to make them pay for that with those downhill man advantage situations. So if they're launching guys at Jamal, then get rid of that thing. And now Michael Porter Jr., Bruce Brown, KCP, you have got to make that them pay for it. Because in those scenarios, there should be big creases uh, and angles to get in the teeth of the defense, if nothing else, if not, if not scoring it, right? So they have got to get better at that immediately, immediately. KCP, disappointing so far in the finals. And we've waxed on about how great KCP has been, and it's all been true leading up to this point. But he's got to be better. He's got to be better. I mean, they're not getting enough from him uh, uh, offensively. In game number one, KCP was three for eight, one of three from three for seven points. And and in game two, he was one of four from the field, uh, one of three from three again for six points. So so KCP 
had more in the closeout game against the Lakers uh, as he did uh, uh, games one and game two of the NBA Finals combined. And and he's got to be better defensively as well. I mean, that those those fouls really hurt Denver. They really did. And look, the, 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 the Nuggets were not assisted by the officials, okay? Um, there was some calls that went against Denver. The one that I had the biggest problem with, with was uh, the, the goaltend. Uh, I thought that was for three sets of eyeballs to be looking at that. From where I was sitting, it was rather obvious in real time. A lot of this stuff is bang-bang plays, which is why I don't have had the long-standing philosophy. Like, I'm not coming in here and doing 20 minutes on officiating. I'm just not. There's too many possessions uh, to, to reduce it down to that. Um, at the same time, you acknowledge it. They didn't get a great whistle. They didn't. Um, but that's not why they lost. They lost because Miami shot 50% nearly from three. Uh, th- that That is really hard to do, and I wonder if it's repeatable. I mean, it, look, y- you shoot 49% from three on 17 of 35 shooting, you're going to be tough to beat. I-, I think I saw on Twitter last night, teams that shoot 49% from three uh, are better in these playoffs are 12-0. and 0. And the Nuggets were still right there. So again, it's how you choose to look at it. We had these same conversations after game number one. If you're Miami and you lost 104-93, you can look at it a certain way saying, you know what, Um, Max Struess isn't going to uh, shoot 0 of 10 again and 0 of 9 from 3. You know, Caleb Martin is not going to shoot 1 from 7 from the field. Duncan Robinson isn't going to be 1 for 6 from the field and 1 of 5 from 3. So it was, it, you know, if you're a Spolstra spinning it, that's how you do it, right? Now the shoe's on the other foot. Denver gave up 49% from three um, the, 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 and got an unfriendly whistle um, on a night where J- Jamal and MPJ really struggle uh, from uh, three, once again, along with KCP struggling, and you lost by three. So, so you know, hopefully some good comes of this, um, but it's 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 not that hard of a story to follow for me. You, you it, it, if Denver had the same sense of urgency, and there's only one version of being starving. I got it, but you need better in the finals, and maybe Denver needed to feel its mortality a little bit to tap into that next level sense of urgency, that next level of being starving, and that's actually be- being starving, because right now, Miami just took home court away from you. They came in, and they took home court away from you. Okay? So, um, here you go. Here you go. I go back to what I've been saying for a while now, okay? It's not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be the hardest thing you've ever done. And I think there was an element of human nature that began to creep, creep in that um, that we got this. Of course we got it. We didn't play our A-plus game, and we beat Miami by 11 in the first game. And I think you can kind of get ahead of yourselves. But the time for that is completely over. I mean, Michael, or, um, Michael Malone called them out uh, seriously after the game uh, about their defense, about their uh, sense of urgency and, and desperate play or, and lack thereof. Um, the message needs to sink in because your life is now on the line. You know, we went for from, you know, talk about potentially sweeping this team and being a, a massive favorite in the finals to, 
oh, here we go. Miami just went on the road and, 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 and beat you in your own house where you hadn't lost um, all postseason. So here you go. Um, game three is on Wednesday night. Um, I think we're going to see a much better version of Denver. Guys, I am not freaking out. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I, I think there's cause for concern. There there really is. Um, but Denver, they're not new here, okay? Um, they might not have gone to the finals, but they're not new. Um, I've always been referring to these, these scars uh, of the past. Add another one here. This is another lesson. Uh, and 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 the and the um, uh, that le- what you learned in that lesson on on Sunday evening needs to be be applied game over game. That just has to be the way that it is. Um, defense has to be better. Um, you'll see the 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 shooting variance um, come down from Miami. That's not that's not sustainable for anyone shooting fifty percent from three. Um, so this has got to get better. This has got to get better. Um, so we will we will see we'll see how it all shakes out. Um, had a great time uh, again. Met some of you awesome listeners uh, on Sunday night. Thank you for saying hello. That always makes me feel good. I, you know, some people say, "Hey, I don't mean to bother you. You're never bothering me." Um, and I turned into one of those people um, on the other side of it, uh, and and connecting with Stephen A. Smith um, from ESPN, who's a megastar, who I met when I was a college intern uh, years ago, almost fifteen years ago, and. He was kind to me. Uh, he was in Albany for a function, uh, some charity event, and um, he agreed to, to, to be in Albany months in advance, but that so happened to be the night of uh, the decision and LeBron James announcing that he was going to Miami, speak of, of the devil. Um, and um, uh, he was in Albany, and I asked if I could, you know, he was going to do his radio show from where I was interning in a few days a week, and I said, you know, can I walk you to your car after... Um, you get done with your radio show tomorrow. And he said, you want to know what, kid? Just, why don't you just come up into the studio? And so I did and got up early. He was doing a morning show. And I was in the studio. And uh, he answered questions and gave me the time of day. And no one else was around. This wasn't some fake humility thing. Like, he he was very, very kind to me when no one was watching. So just know that about Stephen A. Um, and, you know, he'll say things about Denver maybe that you don't like or you, you don't like the bravado. Like, my father-in-law hates Stephen A. Just because, you know, the way that maybe he can come across on, on you know, his show, his debate show, right? Um, but he was very, very kind to me all those years later. And he was in Albany doing a, uh, he was on a split screen with Larry King on CNN uh, reacting to the decision. And, um, and there I was this past week on CNN. And I wanted to tell him that story. Um, and I got to tell him that story. And it was a really cool moment. Um, that um that uh, that 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 I'm proud of and if you want to see the picture you can it's on my Twitter it's on my Instagram zby23 um so that was really cool that was that that was actually you know the the, the night didn't go well so that was kind of like my takeaway was like a just a human a human moment with um one of the biggest sports media stars um in the world if not the biggest i think he's the highest paid at ESPN now um and uh it's nice to see that he's still uh even after achieving mega star status, still you know had time for 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 me, and that was really cool. Um, I think the Nuggets are going to respond. Um, my concern level one out of ten is about a four. I'm not going to overreact uh, to a to a, a loss. Uh, I just watched the Nuggets not lose a game for uh, the better part of a month, 27 days without losing a, a, a playoff game, uh, seven straight wins in the playoffs. 
I don't think this is, I'm not going to use this as a referendum on why the Miami Heat are now going to win the championship. I still believe in this Denver team. I trust Jokic. I trust Jamal. I trust Michael Malone to, to, to pound home the um, adjustments that need to be made. Um, and I'm just betting on this group. Their stock is down. I'm buying it. I'm buying more of it. Uh, and I think we see a big time response in, in game three down in South Beach. Um, we're going to leave it there, guys. Uh, please give us five stars if you think we deserve it. I'm sorry for being so soft, soft-spoken here. I can literally tell if I project for another two or three minutes, I am going to flat-out lose my voice. Um, I really appreciate you being here with me. I still can't believe Miami scored 36 points in the fourth quarter. I, 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 will, I will remember that for a long time. I was just slack-jawed. They shot 69% in the last quarter. That is insane. That is insane and unacceptable, and um, I think you'll see a correction on that game over a game over game correction, uh, and Denver taking game three, and then if you don't take game three, you got to you, you got to win one of the next two to to, to steal back home court. Um, but this this thing is coming back to Denver. This thing is coming back to Denver. I'm convinced of it. Um, so okay, we're gonna leave it there, guys. Give us five stars if you think we deserve it. Tell a friend about this podcast. That's the best way to organically grow things. Shout out Superbook Sports, proud sponsor of this podcast, and whatever happens in game. three, Three on Wednesday night, you already know we're going to be talking about it on Thursday morning right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.